0: hey everybody melissa mckenzie publisher of the american spectator here with scott mckay publisher of reviver.com and of this hayride in louisiana which is where i was last night i was in new orleans scott
1: yeah i know guess why i know
0: can you guess
2: and it almost went well
0: It all you're so mean you are so mean i'm Uh, not mean you're I'm, totally, I'm trying to be
2: supportive
0: is all. You're <laughs> trying to be supportive. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I can't remember our bet. We had a bet.
1: I don't remember a bet.
0: Yeah, I remember a bet for a case of beer.
2: I don't, uh, okay. You're going to have to go back and research, research that. Right. I don't remember yeah. a
0: bet. Um, but anyway, so we had a bet and, and Texas lost uh, against Washington, who's Quarterback is just phenomenal. That guy. And, um, the, I think Michigan versus Washington is going to be interesting. I don't know what you think, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm picking Michigan even against that amazing quarterback, because I don't see Michigan having any weaknesses at any position, but that's just me.
2: Michigan has a better defense than Washington.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, even though, I, I mean, Washington's offense is way better than Michigan's. Um, Michigan's so? defense is better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Michigan's offense is really nothing special. They run the ball well. They don't throw it well. Um, but they do play They play really, really good defense.
1: You. you know,
2: it's interesting. And I'll say this. Um, and I said this yesterday, watching these two games. The people who are the angriest in America right now, are georgia's players because looking at those four teams if i'm georgia i'm like oh my god we are better than all of these teams by a large margin and they're probably true they laid an egg against alabama and they got beat but they were a better team in alabama all year long Mm -hmm. uh it it wasn't really a a fair um metric between the two teams when they played florida state in the orange bowl because florida state had half a team but Georgia was flawless in that game. I mean, they beat them by 60 points. They were flawless. They committed practically no penalties. I mean, there were no mistakes of any kind. That Georgia team that played against Florida State, even though the opposition was n- like nothing, would have wiped the floor with Michigan or Texas. or
0: Oh, that's no. No, I'm serious. No I way. Would've. They would have. Georgia's
2: a better team than those teams are. Now, I'm not saying they should have been in the playoffs because they didn't win their conference and all of the teams that made the playoffs won their conference. Mm. And so, you know, Georgia was where they should have been. But what I'm saying is, if I'm Georgia, I'm kicking myself for losing that game to
0: Alabama. Yeah.
2: Because... They would they they're a better team than the rest of them. Here's something that's really interesting. So, okay. and if you know, if you're if you're watching this and you're following, you know, you're a college football follower or whatever, mm. um, you know, there's this massive obsession that most like diehard college football fans have with the recruiting rankings.
0: Right, right.
2: Every year you mm-hmm. team, oh my God, we have to sign all of these five-star recruits and all this kind of stuff. Um, so the average I think it's over the last five years, the average recruiting ranking of the two teams that are going to be playing for the national championship. Michigan's average recruiting class over the last five years was number 13.
0: Mm, interesting.
2: Washington's is number 40.
0: No, in kidding. fact,
2: if Washington wins the national championship, it's going to be the first team in the history of like recruiting rankings to win a championship without the majority of their players being mm-hmm. four- and five-star recruits.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so, you know, like, the the whole recruiting, ranking mm. obsession that all of these major mm-hmm. college football fans uh, have, like, it's taking a beating in the playoffs this year. Yeah. Like, Alabama and Texas are, like, top five class every single year,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: both of them got beat by teams with which are, you know, supposed to be less talented. Um, so it just tells you number one, Mm -hmm. the recruiting rankings are not all that accurate. And number two, that's not actually what's important. What's important is coaching and development of players and you know, retention so that you're not just pooping guys out into the NFL after three years when they're in your program, but that you actually keep them around as seniors and this kind of thing. Um, and you know, that's what Michigan and Washington both offer. Um which, in a way, I think, is a hopeful thing, because what it means to everybody's all obsessed about, you know, like the transfer portal and Nil and all this right. kind of. Stuff. Um and, oh, it's changing the face of college football. And yet, um the two teams that are um, you know, that still remain at the last game are teams that generally speaking, you know, brought up guys, developed them, and turned them into star players at the back end of their career. Now, Penix at Washington is a sixth year guy who was a transfer from Indiana. So, and Washington does have some transfers on their team. Their running back was at Mississippi mm-hmm. State. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they do play the transfer portal a little bit. So there's some of that. But generally speaking, these are teams which are, are built, they're not teams full of mercenaries. Um, right, you know right. and like for example over your way Melissa's the Texas A&M thing
1: mm-hmm. right
2: where they they had their boosters put up 30 million dollars to sign a recruiting class last year mm-hmm. um, with you know NIL money and everything else half of that class picked up and left after a year um, the coach that that was in charge of all that got fired the new guys you know it's like in a position where he doesn't have the NIL money that Jimbo Fisher had. The boosters are like, screw that. That was a waste. We're not doing that anymore. So like, you know, this this whole kind of, oh, college football is going to become a mercenary thing. There will be people that will try to do that. But generally speaking, the results are not good enough to justify it from an ROI standpoint. And I think that a lot of this NIL stuff is going to turn out to be overblown for the simple reason that that's not how you win. You have to have a locker room with some some cohesion. You have to have buy-in. You have to have kids that want to be part of a team concept. Um, And you have to do it the right way. And just going out and getting a bunch of ringers. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is something that we should have already known.
0: Right? Well, I mean, we the do, are, do the know the Yankees
2: yeah. have done the NIL transfer portal
0: mm-hmm. method
2: of trying to build a team for 40 years. And the results that they've gotten are awful, right? Like, I mean, the Yankees are above 500 every year, but very seldom are they much better than that. And they haven't been champions. I think it was like 2009 was the last time the Yankees won the World Series. And I mean, every year they spend more money than anybody else. They go out and get mercenary players and it doesn't work. Right. And they get blown up by like the Tampa Bay Rays who have the worst payroll in the the league, Mm -hmm. Um, always win the division instead of the Yankees. And it's always a team full of guys they brought up from the minor leagues Um, because they build their, their organization, the farm system. That's how you build an organization. It's harder. But it did. It, it's it's the right way, and it works. And I think you're going to start to see this in college football.
0: Well, I I would just say this. Having I was at the game, so um, Washington had I would say it was uh, probably four to uh, or three to one, a, a, you know, um, Texas fans versus Washington fans, and Huskies versus the Huskies, mm-hmm. and. Um, they were rabid the fans were so on fire i was washington's yes yeah. in comparison and um i'm going to say this if we have any ut people uh, out here listening i want to know why our cheerleaders and our um you know mascots and everything else don't have more systematic cheers like washington was fired up the entire time on the sidelines. They had better music, halftime music. They had, you know, from their band um, versus like uh, UT was, and UT kind of stinks. The, I'll just tell you a little secret about bands because I don't give a crap about the bands. I mean, does anybody, but anyway, the University uh, um, <laughs> Houston, uh, University of Houston has the best marching band in Texas. They are great. Then there's A&M's, then UT's. UT's got a ton of them and they all wear cowboy hats and they're cute, whatever, but they're not very good. And they are like, man, so the, the Washington Huskies people, they were on fire and um, the Texas fans were, you know, super fired up. The stadium was so loud, but it was they got more discouraged more easily. The, the The Huskies fans were never discouraged. They were just, like, they came in. If you had to guess who was going to win the game, you would have guessed the Huskies just based on their fans. And they had just, they had a fraction of the people that we had there. It was crazy. Anyway, so it was interesting. We almost saw this, these drunk Huskies fans almost, you know, picked fights with a whole section of, I was like, this is not going to end well for you guys. You're going to go back to Washington in body bags. But anyway, um, it was a fun experience. But yeah, the I think that coaching and long term, and I do think for Texas in particular, they have a really, you know, their quarterback had a hard time getting, you know, he had a rough first half, and um, you know. We were out quarterbacked for sure, and. Penix
2: Penn, is a better quarterback than yours is. That's oh that's
0: yeah, without for sure that's true. That's for sure true, and he was nervous. Like you could tell, our Texas's quarterback was nervous. So you know, there's so many different parts and pieces to go into winning, and then we, the stupid penalties. Like there were um, a lot of penalties.
2: Oh, by by the way, I should yeah. mention this. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Penix was a three-star recruit out of high school
1: mm-hmm. when he
2: signed with Indiana. Quinn Ewers was a five-star recruit out mm-hmm. of high school, signed with Ohio State, and then transferred to mm-hmm. Texas after a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Penix is better than Ewers. Yeah, just you know, like back to my point about the stupid recruiting rankings, right? Yeah. Like this is this is this is how accurate.
0: They're. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is that like especially with uh, young men, um, they're still developing through their kind of college and growing like physically and mentally and everything else in a major, major way. And so, you know, you can have a, an 18 year old recruit who's going to be a much different person forget player by the time four years pass. And -hmm. if you don't have them the entire time to kind of develop them. And if you don't have the program in place and that patience in place to bring them along, I will say this, um, the new system at UT. I think the system. We're still seeing some of the weaknesses of the past. Where th- there's a lot of depth and strength coming along, but it take it does take time. So you know, I think that the the system that Sark is developing um, is going to have pay pay dividends two and three years down the road too. So like that just that just takes time to to do. And Washington has a good system and a good coach. And coaching means, you know, I mean, that's why Alabama, Alabama doesn't have that great of a team. It was pure will, sheer will on the coaching staff, um, as much as anything that got them there. Anyway, enough about college football. Um, uh, hook them. <laughs> and, and we'll move <laughs> We'll move on. Um so we were gonna talk about today predictions for 2024. And I think that we should break them down based on um, like national predictions, you know, world predictions, personal predictions. Like I'll just start it off with a personal prediction. I think you and I are both gonna have best selling books this next year in 2024. Mm-hmm. And um and you're off to a great start. I'm off to a slow start. I've got to get the book actually written, but you've got one written. I think that you're gonna have another one though that come out this year. Um, I just have a feeling. We may have two others come out this year. Yeah. So I that. so I think that we're both gonna be doing some writing this year. Um, and uh some exciting things are happening. One of the things one of the Book Ideas is kind of starting at the American Spectator for everybody listening. Um, Do you want to tell everybody about what we're going to do? Well,
2: um, so we're kicking around the idea of serializing a novel. Mm -hmm. Um, So like this is something that like Charles Dickens used to do, you know, 200 years ago. And it kind of. You know fell from favor you some of this like readers digest used to do um you know 50 60 70 years ago uh and for whatever reason particularly you know whether it's news periodicals or whatever just totally got away from doing that kind of stuff yeah um so we're kicking around the idea of doing it uh i'm gonna stay away from what the actual subject matter of this is okay um other than to say that it is, uh, how do I put this, potentially super timely, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not exactly ripped from the headlines, but it's like something that's percolating out there that mm-hmm. could so easily pop. It's not even funny. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the way this thing is set up, I've got the chapter out, the novel itself, you know, I'm going to have to get started writing on it. Uh, as soon as the inspiration strikes me, but um, th- like this is a perfect, perfect vehicle for a great deal of social commentary that's gonna kick in around the twenty four election or the lead up to it. um because <laughs> everything that's in the plot of this, and Melissa knows this because she read the chapter outline over the weekend. Um, like everything associated with this is like spot on of what we've all been writing about at the American Spectator and talking about here at the spectacle, um, you know, in terms of what we have for a ruling class and a government and, you know, what that's doing to America as a, uh, as a global superpower. Right. Um, so, you know, I guess some of the things that I'll say about predictions for 2024 are things that may turn up when this novel starts popping out a chapter we get expect Spike
0: hmm I would say it's rooted in world events. That's
1: I, fair. That's it, a very fair statement.
0: Instead of alt-history, it's alt-current events. Possibly. It could be right. predictive. At this it's, point, it's alt-three
2: months it's from history. now.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, if you read Scott's chapters at the American Spectator, you will be a couple months ahead of what's actually probably going to happen. So, you know, that's what I would say after having read it, but so I'm excited about that. So I think that's going to, I mean, at the end of that, that's a book for sure.
2: Yeah. Well, and this is, yeah. And, and we'll see what happens after we've done serializing it, whether, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously it'll get published somewhere. Right. Um. You know, h- how we go about that. There's plenty of time to get all that figured out, but, right. Um. but yeah, it's a, you know, this is and no, this is this is going to be such a fun experiment because, you know, like nobody has done this. Like, like, like if they ever did this at National Review or Human Events or, you know, any of the other. I don't think that Spectator certainly has never done it. I don't know that any of the other conservative publications have done it. I don't know that like the Atlantic or any of the other kind of mainstream lefty publications have ever done it either.
0: Well, it's um, a big deal in um, where it has been done, and where I've seen it is in um, Asimov did it uh, yeah, in science fiction. It's been yeah, done right. quite a bit, um, right? Where but you... those are
2: those are kind of formats that really lend themselves to this yeah, stuff.
0: Yeah, that's true. And I
2: like it wouldn't have been worth looking into this if the book wasn't sort of you know a vehicle for social commentary to be right, 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 right. Right. I mean, that's that's where the connection is, is it's Mm -hmm. sort of like (laughs) it's it's sort of like the American spectator telling you, I told you so before the I told you so is even appropriate.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) Right, Like, hey, let's give you a fictional thing that we can tell you, I told you so. And oh, by the way, that fictional thing is maybe going to be like a real thing that we can then say a double I told you so. Right. Right. that's kind of how this thing could work and it could be a lot of fun um i know that the story having bounced it off of several people Mm -hmm. already like it's gonna be a really good story it's gonna be a an actual uh, well it won't necessarily be a page turner it will be more like a like a like a page scroller
0: (laughs) page scroller (laughs) yeah well the thing is is that like this has been done the way it's being done just for everybody listening is there have been other? Um, the Martian was written. A blog uh, the, the guy did blog posts of it. So this has been this has been done. It's just I, we're going to be doing it, and it's so weird, you know. Scott, you put certain things out into the universe, type of thing. We had in, since ta- you and I talking. Somebody say, well, have you guys done sh- ever done short stories of fiction? We've had like one or two people since talking to you want to um publish some fiction and i think it's i think um, i think it'd
2: be great if the spectator actually got into that you know like not like shifting the the the
0: no of course editorial
2: mission of the spectator but like having this on the side yeah you know i mean it's like for example um what do look what the daily wires do right Mm -hmm. i mean you know they're they're getting into feature films and doing stuff like that and and um you know, you're filling a hole because the uh, the people in charge of entertainment media, which let's face it, they they have more influence over how people think than like we do. Um, and they not only they royally suck at it; it's so hard to find actual entertaining things. Um, but, like, it's it's all a political, ideological perspective mm-hmm. that's being pushed on people that most people don't want. Right. Right? And so the challenge for the right is to meet that vacuum that these people have, have set up and fill it with good things.
1: Right. Because
2: I really, th- I mean, you know, you can see where Angel Studios, we talk about this all the time, Angel Studios is putting out, you know, quality entertainment and Getting rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've seen the shift yet.
0: No, I um, haven't.
2: Well, oh. it's streaming now. You should go see it, mm-hmm. or you have to go see it. You just,
1: oh yeah, you just go stream. I'm
0: writing it down. I, you know, I have a TV, but I don't even watch it. It's like when I, I I've been on a reading kick again, and so like I haven't even been watching any entertainment at all. So mm-hmm. like um when i have when i have time and that but i will watch it okay all right so let's get back into predictions like um there are quite a few people jonesing for world war to start um with uh the united states fighting against iran do you think that's going to happen this year
2: no i don't think i don't think the biden administration will do much of anything to counter America's ongoing decline in Mm. global superpower status. Um, I think that the Ukraine piece was their kind of attempt at a comeback after basically voluntarily losing the war in Afghanistan. And they did such an awful job of pushing that, um, that, you know, I mean, even the, the Biden administration uh, uh, principles are now admitting that Ukraine's ultimately going to be decided at the peace table. Um, so, yeah, I you mean, know,
0: God, that, that assumes a sincere interest on the part of America that something objectively good happens in Ukraine, like that there is a clear win. I, did, I don't think that they ever- Oh, I think at to... this point
2: it's the magnitude of loss.
0: Well, no, but I don't think they ever intended to. The only thing that they intended to do, in my opinion, was to have a vehicle to launder money. Well, that's the only interest in
2: Ukraine. But I do think at one point what they thought was, oh, the Russians want to invade Ukraine. Great. We'll use our our surplus military hardware to just completely wipe out the Russian military. Mm-hmm. Um, and bleed them so dry that they'll never be an offensive force again. Um, and that'll enable, you know, the Russian people to depose Vladimir Putin. Mm. Um, I think that's what the, the assumptions were. And that was sort of, America's going to come out of this war, you know, uh, even more at the top of the food chain than we, than we already are. And in every respect, that's been, Uh, proven wrong like in every respect that's a reversal the Russians have had massive personnel losses but the Russians don't really care about massive personnel losses because this is nothing compared to World War II Um, and you know and it's part of the national psyche over there is we're going to go to war and half of this generation of kids is going to get killed but that's okay we can live with it Um, and so
1: well I also think closer uh, to
2: China we've made We've made Putin absolutely stronger.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: you know, and we've now filled the Russian people with a terrible hatred of the United States.
1: Because all
2: of those kids coming back in a body bag, they know we're killed by American weapons. And so there will be no rapprochement with the Russians anytime soon. Um, you know, and when they end up getting a chunk of Ukraine at the peace table, they will feel like they won the war against us, um, which means that they'll no longer be afraid of us and we will have lost in every respect. And I think so. The big prediction on along these lines are is that, you know, we're going to be fighting to hold on to what prestige and, uh, and influence that we have around the globe like we're going to be fighting a losing battle all along the way in 2024 and it's going to manifest itself in all kinds of ways that we will not like okay. whether that has to do with the dollar as the world's reserve currency whether it has to do with China and Taiwan whether it has to do with things that may happen in latin america um you know other things that may happen in the middle east i don't think that this administration in particular has any ability to influence events in other parts of the world anymore i think they're purely reactive and they're not very good at either controlling or reacting to those events so yeah but the
0: thing is if you if you to your the point of your book believe like i actually do believe that obama is the puppet master behind all this to his way of thinking that's a good thing emboldening yes. iran embold- you know de- emboldening china emboldening uh russia you know the mm-hmm. communists rising i mean he's a straight up uh communist Absolutely. and then so it's a good thing and then and then um you know Jeruz- jerusalem israel fighting on multiple fronts and um kind he likes of likes likes that too, yeah. too cuz you know what lefty likes Israel none of them and you know the you know Jewish lefties are in denial about what's actually going on anyway so you know here we have a situation that's a win 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 for the hardcore leftists yes and um because they hate america and they yeah. hate they hate right. the west in general
2: in, and in the in the obama telling of it This is a racist, sexist, homophobic, Islamophobic country that doesn't deserve the hegemonic status that it had following Mm -hmm. World War II. Mm -hmm. That needs to be broken down and replaced by sort of a multipolar world, which somehow will be more peaceful than Pax Americana was. Well,
0: a a multipolar secular world that has as its central... Um, thesis, equity, where the wealth of the United States is redistributed, which is why all of this unfettered immigration is great, because Americans are having to foot the bill for poor uh, Latin Americans and Mm -hmm. people from around the world, which is deserved because the West, America does not deserve the We stole our money. And so these people deserve to have the money that's been given to them. Now you've got lefty mayors, you know, kind of crying out in desperation and being told basically, right? Because on the
2: ground that doesn't work so.
0: It doesn't work, but you know the um the you know what is it? You have uh, Adam Smith talks about the unseen hand. Well. The unseen hand that is operating now is not the market economy. It is the um, oligarchy at the top trying to manipulate the world into this kind of utopian one-world, uh, secular kind of um, weirdness, where um, there, you know, we're all citizens of the world. We all eat bugs. And the the elites basically sit on top of this and manage the lives for the average people. It's it's so dystopian, it, it is yeah. really like a sci-fi. Well, it's, now, it's, now it, yeah,
2: it's so dystopian that it's that it's it's hard to accept the signals of it, right? right. And the immediate sort of um you know, reaction is, oh, that's all, that's rabbit hole. That's conspiracy theory. It's right. Not, none right. Of that's happening. And yet, you know, and, and that, because that was my initial reaction for a long time to this stuff is no, nah, that's not really the case. But the more investigating you do, the more it's obvious, right? Like there's this story about, you've got, you know, whatever it is, a couple dozen of the the, you know, the richest billionaires of the world are all building
1: Uh, bunkers Mm -hmm.
2: and like fallout shelters and like Mm -hmm. survival centers for themselves and their family Mm -hmm. uh or their families and it's like why would like why would that even happen right Mm
1: -hmm.
2: you know and that's an unnerving sign because it tells you that either they think there's a good chance that they'll need it or maybe it's, you know, these guys are so Manichaean that they believe it's time to bring it on. And then you have, you know, there was this big controversy, and I've done a million radio shows because of the world behind. Wait, 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 wait. Behind.
0: wait. Before you move on, can you explain to people what Manichaean means?
2: Oh, well, essentially, that, you know, uh, mankind is, is, um, Inherently evil, and that the world would be much better off with fewer of us. Right, boiling it way down. Um,
0: yeah.
2: You know, and and this is you know, it, well, you could say manichean, you could also say say also say malthusian, right? which is say, another yeah. way to
0: explain. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah,
2: but you know, so uh, you have all this, and then you then you have leave the world behind that comes out, right? And I've done all these radio shows because there's like two strains to this one is like the overt anti-white racism that's shown in the movie number one and then the second thing is sort of this predictive programming Mm -hmm. um you know there's this theory that you know whether it's the hollywood elite or the governmental elite or whatever you know introduces things into the culture to sort of inoculate the public uh for when they actually happen, that, right. you know, people respond accordingly. And like the, 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 the example that gets thrown out all the time was the movie Contagion,
1: mm-hmm. which
2: essentially was a precursor to COVID-19,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? Um, and so there's this entire, you know, kind of rabbit hole thing that, well, you know, be pay attention to these movies because they'll tell you, you know, what these people have in store for you down the line. I don't know that I'm a a believer in that per se, but I will say that it is very unusual because Leave the World Behind is not just some movie that some guy made. Barack Mm -hmm. and Michelle Obama were Mm -hmm. the executive producers for this thing. Mm -hmm. And what earned Barack Obama the executive producer title on this movie was the fact that he made copious notes on the script And the intent was so that Obama could provide realism to a movie about the end of the world, Mm all right? Again, I'm not a huge believer in the predictive programming thing, but I got to admit, this is more than a little creepy. Um, No,
0: Scott, just to your point about it being creepy, you know, that the the leader of the free world would would even... Be a part of a project about a dystopian reality right. is unnerving. No, and, it's very
1: unnerving. It tells it tells
2: you a lot about who the Obamas are. Yes,
0: and it, it really people. does.
2: Yeah, these are these are profoundly, profoundly um, nihilistic and misanthropic people. Yes and they've told you this for years and years. Remember when Michelle Obama was? I've never been proud of my country before. Right. Mm-hmm. Before her husband gets made the freaking Democrat nominee it's like what? Like right. it's not like until you get power you've not you're not proud of your like how how much do you hate your fellow man and, and right. you go back through it like her one big job that she had in her life prior to becoming first lady was she was in charge of turning black people away from the university of Chicago's hospital. Like that was her job was to shunt these, find a way to to get everybody to accept being shunted off to like crappy little medical clinics and like, you know, bad emergency rooms rather than the really good hospital in Chicago. Like they paid her $300,000 a year to do that job. Right. Um, you know, I mean, like that, you do that job when you dislike people. Right. Um, and yeah. so, you know, like this was, you've seen this from them for like a very long time. Nothing about this movie and their involvement in it is very surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, and, and this is what you get. And so it's the fact that you get this movie that comes out right at the end of twenty twenty three. And then you get these reports about these billionaires building bunkers, um, you know. And then you get some of these other things uh, that are out there. I think are scary. I mean, and I, I, you know, I could make a whole bunch of like predictions for 2024. I think like one of the most obvious ones is you're gonna have civil unrest in the cities. You will have it because you. Had that, it in why in the ci- wait,
0: wait, wait? Why in the cities?
2: Well, because that's because you can't do it in the suburbs or the excerpts because the people in charge of the suburbs and the excerpts won't put up with it.
0: You know, the thing that's interesting to me is like we there was, you know, ongoing criminal rings happening in all the cities. Mm -hmm. And it made sense that they did it under um, Trump because they wanted to show how that, you know, Trump was trying to get the black vote, right? And they wanted to show, so they hem, hemmed him in basically with the violence. If he did, mm-hmm. if he did any law and order stuff, then he, he would bleed he's that, a at
2: that
0: he's a fascist. Yeah. If he didn't do anything, the chaos makes the suburban wine moms nervous. And and somebody is not, you know, at the helm, and we need, you know, Grandpa Biden to take over because he will be the calming influence, and then everything kind of settled down. But the criminal rings have continued, right? So, right. will there, with it being a Biden presidency, will there be the motivation to unleash the um, uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter hounds, like there was?
2: If. The polling continues to be so bad, and it's bad. I don't know if you saw the USA yeah. Today poll that, that um, I guess it was Friday was when they completed it. Um, and he is sitting at 39% approval. Uh, Trump is beating him 39 to 37 uh, with with unnamed third parties uh, in the race, and then he's beating 37-34 when the unnamed party, third-party candidates are put in.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He's the incumbent. He's at 34. Right. Like, you're dead in the water if you're at 34. Yeah, but see,
0: this up. leads me to the next prediction that I'm going to make, that he's not going to be the nominee, and, and Kamala Harris is going to go, too. And I think that they deal with this problem at the convention, because don't well, think I don't think that, that, that they...
2: I, like. I... I, I would join you in that prediction. My my question is is because <laughs> like all right, um running for president as a Democrat now entails being parachuted in at the convention because mm-hmm. there is no primary four four Democrat state Democrat parties have already banned anybody mm-hmm. else from the Democrat primary roles right. uh, on the ballot, but Joe Biden. Okay, it was Florida, North Carolina, and a couple other ones. Um, like, only Joe Biden can be on the ballot. I mean, this is, you know, these are now Iraqi elections that the Democrats want to run. Which, the
0: look, Iraqi elections at least are fair. They had the, you know, you could do your little pu- purple finger or whatever. Could, to prove yeah, well,
2: no, I'm not talking about those Iraqi elections. I'm oh. talking about the ones that happened in Iraq before that.
0: Oh, okay, yeah.
2: It was like, on the ballot is Saddam Hussein or a firing squad. You can pick right, Saddam Hussein right. or a firing squad. And Saddam Hussein gets 99%. And the question is like, so you had 1% of the people like, I'm not voting for that son of a bitch. Give me the firing squad, right? right. Like, I want to
1: meet like, that Those person. are some
2: convicted voters, for sure. Um, <laughs> right. But that's basically what the Democrat Party has become at mm-hmm. this point. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if Biden is not the nominee, and I join you in predicting that he won't be, then mm-hmm. what, you know, this, what this involves is this involves the machine parachuting mm-hmm. somebody else in. Um, I, I, do, I think you if think, Michelle it's, Michelle, you
0: think only, it's Michelle Obama. I don't think so.
2: Well, I think Michelle Obama is the only one they can do other than they're going to get stuck with Kamala Harris. What
0: about, Gavin Who, by the Michelle? way, in the
2: same poll is a 33 percent approval rate whereas right. Biden's 39. So it's worse with her. The yeah, problem is you cannot, because now Joe Biden is polling at less than two-thirds of the black vote. Okay? Right. Um, do you, do you believe
0: that? Do you believe that?
2: Yes. The fall-off is all among black men. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not among black women. But if you do something to screw Kamala Harris over
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it's not for Michelle Obama. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I, the black women start that like that becomes a um uh uh you know an unsettled situation. And they yeah. can't afford it because you're bleeding too many voters. You're losing Hispanics badly right now. You've already lost Asian voters, you're starting to lose young voters. Uh, You're actually even starting to lose white single women, which was a bulwark for the Democrats from 2016 to 2022. They're starting to lose that. So, like, they're hemorrhaging voters. All of this kind of leads uh, to— Those
0: those voters come back with Gavin Newsom.
2: Yeah, but the problem is Gavin Newsom is not a puppet of the Obama machine. And refuses to be Gavin Newsom's ego is larger than Barack Obama's ego
0: impossible
2: no it's true he's that bad
0: well I know he's that bad wait well, you but, guys- but
2: the point is it's like I
0: mean,
2: the point is Gavin Newsom is not a guy who's going to do the deals with Obama Gavin Newsom is the guy who says I'm going to tell you what time it is and I don't think the Obama machine accepts that.
1: Because uh, the thing about
2: Obama is this, and we know this, he's got a long history of it. They do not admit defeat. They do not alter course from their core, you know, principles,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which power is at the center of this. So if you tell Obama no, he escalates. He, meaning the corporate Obama, meaning his faction. They escalate. It's violence. It's it's lawfare. We've already seen this with Trump. They, they don't think they can beat Trump on, on a fair and even thing. So they come up with 91 indictments. Now they're running around calling him Hitler and a Nazi and a dictator, which is a pure and clean exhortation of the wackos on the left to follow Trump around with rifles. They are trying to get him killed.
0: Yes, but the thing Otherwise is, you would do,
2: think about this. If the Republicans went around calling Joe Biden a Nazi and a dictator and a threat to democracy and all of that kind of stuff, what would the Democrats be saying about it? That's totally irresponsible. You're demagoguing it. Somebody's going to shoot him, and it'll be okay, all your fault.
0: Okay, that's okay. I we've we've litigated this before, and that's all true. But I'm going to say something here, and the reason why I disagree with you about Obama and Newsom is because look at the deal swung between the Clintons and Obamas. These people all know dirt about each other. And so the way that they get into power and share it is by mutual blackmail and they have not So Pelosi, you have to keep in mind that Newsom and um, his ties with Pelosi, he's got everything he needs on Barack Obama. And Barack probably has everything on Newsom that he needs. There is enough mutually assured destruction there, just like there were and is between the Clintons and the Obamas, that they will find a way, because they always do, to I make it happen. don't disagree with you
2: on that. But remember, the deal that Obama cut with Hillary
1: mm-hmm. was
2: that Hillary was the junior partner in that relationship. Okay. Obama does not make deals with anybody else in the De- Democrat Party where they're the senior partner and he's the junior partner. That does not happen. It has not happened since 2016, okay? Since since March of 2016, when Obama got the upper hand on Hillary in the primary. Or well, I two, agree with that. 2008, I but mean, not, two, not
1: 2016.
0: So, so are you saying, if I'm hearing, this is what I'm hearing, jumping three steps ahead of you, that... Obama would rather lose with a Kamala or with his dipshit wife than he would win with a Newsom, because that's I the outcome think Obama
2: doesn't believe he can lose. Now, he might be wrong. He was wrong in 2016. I don't think Barack Obama believes he can lose. I think the narcissism and arrogance of this guy knows no bounds, I think 2020 proved to them that they can do anything Mm. because nobody has more disdain for Joe Biden than Barack Obama does. And the fact that they dragged that corpse over the finish line in 2020
0: tells them that they can
2: accomplish anything with ballot harvesting Mm. and all of the rest of the stuff that they're going to do. And they will pull out all the stops to make this a reality okay so
0: ridiculous. they're they're gonna they're gonna do that for michelle obama i guess
2: well they'll do it for whoever if it's michelle if it's Kamala, if, if it's joe biden they will they will do whatever it takes to keep power mm. And the thing about it is trying to cut kind a of deal with Gavin Newsom who will insist on being the senior partner in the relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: that's giving up. So they will go to the I don't
0: necessarily believe that about Gavin. I'll tell you this about Gavin Newsom. So I've had the pleasure of reading Ellie Gardy's book, which is coming out here in the new, in the, in the first um, couple months of 2024. And it's the most it's excellent it, it it is a biography of Gavin Newsom and after reading it um while he is a complete flaming narcissist as well he's kind of beta and so like yeah. i i would, yes so i wouldn't be surprised if uh he swung some deal with obama i would not and the thing is, because his lust for the limelight—I mean, this is how these these are like the orcs and the urukai, and from Lord of the Rings—they both think that they're the best, and so they will fight with each other, and and to to have the upper hand, both thinking that they're the you know the leader, and both thinking. That they'll come out on top eventually because the story that Gavin has and that Barack has is it's always worked for them. They're, you know, for both of them in one way or the other. And so, um, Newsom was okay, you know, um, he took the humiliation of being lieutenant governor and bided his time until he became governor. He, so I wouldn't be surprised if he was, you know, um, Barack Obama's boy until he felt like he could, you know, run the show. I don't know. So I. Well, I, I,
2: well but, but the alternative here is and where I think I wouldn't be, Um yeah. Is you're right. Newsom is patient. Newsom can wait until 2028. Mm-hmm. And in 2028, Newsom can pick up the pieces and it's his machine, not Obama's.
0: Yeah, I don't. That's like that's
2: that's his that's his ace in the hole is he can stand back and let this thing collapse and then he can go pick the pieces up and he can go ride back in. Yeah, maybe because the thing about 2028 is you don't have a Republican nominee. Trump goes in this time. Okay, fine. Trump does his deal. You spend four years torquing up the left Mm -hmm. the way they did between 2016 Mm -hmm. and 2020. And then all of a sudden you have Gavin Newsom, who's a can't lose candidate. He's not a, a, you know, a fossil like Joe Biden who can't even remember his name. Like Gavin Newsom is like fresh faced and all this kind of stuff. And he bided his time and nobody can say that Gavin Newsom is in it for the wrong reasons and yada, yada, yada. And mm-hmm. he can put out all of the crap that you and I will gag on and go, oh, my God, this is such a lie. Like he will do all of that and the media will eat oh, it up absolutely. and will freaking yeah. pump this guy up and. Like there's no, they parachuted Gavin Newsom in at the convention and half the country doesn't know him. And blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. He can drag out a four-year campaign starting in January of 2025, yeah. be the unquestioned face of the Democratic Party, have the whole country pining for him for four years, and go in mm. almost unopposed in his mom right
0: sure 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 well okay, so I, like so i wait. think
2: that's that's his deal is it's like he doesn't have to fight this battle and he doesn't have to go make a deal with obama come 2028 he's the guy and there is nobody else. nobody else will be able to raise the money he's got nobody else will have the ability to get on tv like gavin Newsom. like he forecloses the entire thing if he waits until 2028 In a way that Ron DeSantis could have done on the Republican side.
0: Yeah, well, the Um, thing is, okay, that leads us to, uh, what, my next prediction. Um, What do you think, who is Trump's running mate?
2: um, I've heard Ben Carson's name mentioned, and I don't think that's an awful uh, uh, prediction. I don't know how good a choice it is because I don't know what Ben brings to the table. I love him, but I don't know that he's that he's um, if it was me and I was going to go in the direction of a, I guess, I hate to even say diverse ticket because it's so stupid. But like I do Byron Donald's because the country would get a hold of Byron Donald's and go, dude, that guy's awesome. Um, so I you like if it was me, I would have him on the short list.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I
2: think it's. What do you say? A, I mean,
0: people are talking about Nikki Haley. Jack Posovic says that that's not happening. That, no, I, I, I think Pasovic's
2: right. I, I can't see because Nikki Haley represents a Republican Party that Donald Trump is absolutely opposed to. Yeah. I think Christy Nome is a much more likely. Um,
0: it's not going to happen. If you're going to go
2: that route, than Nikki Haley.
0: Yeah, but the yeah, but Nome has um, skeletons.
2: They all have scope.
0: Yeah, but cheating on her husband and, and well,
2: all of that. I, yeah, I get it. But like, you're running Trump. Like, it's not a problem.
0: Well, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. This is the second I mean, world. There's a no better problem.
2: choice would have been Kim Reynolds. The problem is, is that Kim Reynolds threw in with DeSantis. Right. And so, I mean, it's you're better off as a Bush Republican than you are as somebody who uh, was on DeSantis's team. Right, because what? on DeSantis' team, you believe in the Trump things, but you're not with Trump, and somehow that's an even bigger betrayal or whatever.
1: Yeah. Um.
2: So you know, but Kim Reynolds would I I'd like objectively might be the best choice of all. Um, she's a Midwesterner. She helps mm-hmm. you in places like Wisconsin and Michigan. Certainly, she locks up Iowa, which. I was a red state at this point, anyway. But um, you know, she might even help you in a place like Colorado. And she's a great governor, um, who, as it turns out, is very articulate. Um, but you know, she's with DeSantis, so she's that won't.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so I don't know. I would, I, you know, of all of these that I think are possible, like Byron Donalds might be, um, might be the way you want to go. Hmm. Um, here's something, and I just, okay. I throw this out because I saw the press release today.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: Steve Scalise endorsed Trump. Mm-hmm. Right. So, mm-hmm. Sc- I mean, like so here's Scalise and he's the majority leader in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Johnson's the speaker. Mm-hmm. We don't know if the Republicans are going to hold the house. My guess is they probably will, but it's not set stone. Mm -hmm. And if they don't hold the House, then either Johnson or Scalise is sort of out of a job. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Scalise would be a fairly attractive vice presidential candidate.
0: Mm. Well, you know, the interesting about Scalise is that he does, it is personally... um, has experienced the violence of the left in a, a way Absolutely. that a lot of, and he can articulate it, mm-hmm. um, and remind the everybody of what it means to be a Democrat. Right. Um. You know. He's the, got, but he's also
2: he's got national um name ID.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh. He's demonstrated. Kind of. I mean, he
0: kind of does. No, he
2: does. I mean, for a member of Congress, he certainly.
0: Yeah. Does. Okay. I mean. Yeah.
2: Um. Well liked. Doesn't bring anything to the table in terms of you know adding a state that you wouldn't otherwise get. I mean, Louisiana mm-hmm. is going to be sixty-five percent for Trump, um, but you know, like he's a potentially a guy, and and he's also somebody that Trump um, and Trump and Scalise get along really well. You know, um, it's
0: interesting. Uh, the I'm going to go back to something that you just briefly mentioned about. Um, the black vote and potentially having like a black vice, um, you know, for a candidate running with Trump, the, I'm, you know, dating right now. I cannot believe the number of um, black men who are self-identifying as conservative and being out about it.
2: It's, it is, it is a major sea change over the last three or four years.
0: Oh, yes. Like major sea change. The thing is, that there might have been like an undercurrent of that kind of sentiment, but to just now come out and say, "Hey, I'm a conservative guy," yeah. um, much more so than ever. Yeah, much more so than ever. That's interesting to me, and um, uh, encouraging in some yeah. ways.
2: Well, and, and yeah. I'll make a prediction out of that. I think that okay. by the end of this year, you will see a fairly large number of um athletes entertainers and mm-hmm. so forth uh who you know never talked about politics before right mm-hmm. but who just out and out say yeah you know i'm a republican or i'm a conservative
1: I'm down. Um,
2: for the mm-hmm. simple reason that it's like you don't have to really hide it anymore i think mm-hmm. i'll probably start with the athletes um, because I think a lot of this DEI stuff and the Black Lives Matter stuff has really played out, mm-hmm. um, and and doesn't really work anymore. Um, you well, know, the thing
0: is, it's any. It's interesting that you say it's going to be amongst the athletes because athletics, athlete, athletics is merit, a meritocracy. Absolutely. You are absolutely. either the fastest, the strongest, right. the winningest, the whateverest. And so all of this BS, you know, it doesn't matter if you're black and white. If you've got, if you have the most passes and the most baskets or the most touchdowns or the most yards running or whatever it is, you're the best. And it doesn't matter your color. If you're a,
2: if you're a, an NFL defensive end who gets 15 sacks every year, right? The value of your next contract will not be lessened one bit when you come out and say, I'm a Republican and I'm voting for Trump.
1: Right. Right? right? They are
2: not going to cancel you when you can get 15 sacks on the quarterback. Right. Like they will not do it. And so that's why I think it's going to be athletes. And I think mm-hmm. a lot just you've had all of this social justice crap in the NFL mm-hmm. and they're still pushing it, which blows me away. As my it's been so badly um discredited by the fans. Right. And yet the NFL is still pushing it. Like, my guess is you're going to see after this season ends, you're going to see a whole bunch of black athletes, NFL players, probably some NBA players, definitely some major league baseball players mm-hmm. come, pop out and say, yeah, I'm a conservative. I'm a Republican dealer.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: you know, you will see that because the culture is gradually that pendulum is swinging back over and you will see it this year. You're going to see a lot of that. And once the athletes do it, you will begin to see some entertainers do it as well. Well, we're um, already
0: seeing, like, kind of the stand-up comedians. They're all... the, the and they, it's, But they and haven't
2: we, come out and said it
0: yet. No, they haven't right? said they, it.
2: They slipped the messaging in, and you're right. like, ah, mm-hmm. I can see. But you haven't seen, like, Dave Chappelle say, you know what? Mm-hmm. I came up all my life, and I was, you know, I was on the left or whatever, but I'm done with all that shit, mm-hmm. right? Like, I would not be surprised if Dave Chappelle comes out and says it, because or,
0: yeah, right. Like the, the, the left, is-
2: like what the left can't do anything to him. Like they can't punish him anymore. They've well, they have tried everything. They tried, and <laughs> right? And they sent somebody on a stage to try to freaking take him out, and it didn't work. Right? right? Like right. so, at this point, Dave Chappelle can he can go wherever he. I mean, he can he can go whichever way he wants. And my guess is, from having watched all of his stuff. Like, I don't know that he's, like, a conservative, but on a lot of subjects, he's on
0: the conservative side. Well, like, so another example of this is Bill Burr. So Bill Burr is interesting because not only has he had a stand-up, and he's right. married to a Black woman or whatever, and, yeah. he, and he also, though, was really upset with Gina Carano being fired by yeah. Disney. Yeah. And because he he worked with her, and mm-hmm. she, of course, is, like, the sweetest. And she's awesome. And so, like, you have this discontent kind of in amongst uh, um, actors who have had to deal with uh, the studio system that is pu- cranking out this kind of anti meritocratic BS. And right. then layering on top of that, a this woke crap coming with their various uh, vehicles, you know, their, their products they're putting out. And it's interesting to me. So I watched uh, Barbie. My son and I watched this together over the break. And um, it's subversive. Oh, I know. So, like, have you yeah. seen it?
2: I've seen parts
0: of it. Okay. I watched the whole thing. And I was like, wait a minute. Greta Gerwig is clever because the message that is really there is not the message. Now, I will say this, because everybody's so stupid, superficial, and vapid, They there, there's plenty who are like, girl power, yes, queen, you know, came out of that. But that's not the message of it at all. It's actually, um, and I was like, how come... The commentators on the right, I I didn't feel like um, did a good job explaining what it was and on the left. I was like, did everybody miss the point of this? Because after watching it, talking about it to my son and daughter, because we all were like, wait a minute, nobody had this exactly right, except for Michael Knowles. Michael Knowles talked about it, uh, so credit to him. Got the kind of the, what the message, because he said, oh, I like Barbie. The message was good. So, you know, um, the the message really is about living an authentic life, even in a difficult world and doing it anyway, like being uh, that, that the risk of this world, like trying to pigeonhole into something is still worth it versus staying in this hermetically sealed kind of uh, perfect, all-powerful place. And actually in the Barbie world, the Kens are the, females so like the the barbies are the oppressors in a way to the kens and at the one of the very last scenes is the main barbie because they're all barbies and they're all kens it's kind of comically like you know whatever um uh apologizing to the kens kind of like not letting them be individuals be people but just perceiving them just as a whole as Supporting parts to the Barbie universe, you know, and which is an inversion of what they were saying that men have done to women, like women propping up men's society and just being whatever. So, like there was all of this kind of, you know, subtext stuff, but out in the world real world, um of course, Ken gets they completely um, make men into almost a laughable caricature, like, you know, and uh, uh, so extreme. It almost seems satirical to me. Like they were like the Uga Uga type of guy. And I'm like, I don't know how this even exists. And so I was like, are they, you know, uh, making fun of the stereotype of men? It almost was like a, so anyway, I, left thinking the watching the movie like thinking well this is far more um, subversive and traditional in its messaging than anyone from the right or left led me to believe and also everybody's going to miss this in the you know the superficial pinkness of it and um, this kind of idea of women power it was just kind of okay. a mishmash, but it wasn't what I expected. And uh, I, I mean, you the, know, the
2: parts that I've seen, I don't, I don't like, I don't know that I disagree with you. What I would say is it's a mess. Like, I think it's a mess. Like, yeah. maybe it's subversive, maybe it's just not very competent storytelling. I don't know. Um, but I mean, you know, hey, it made a billion dollars, so.
0: Well, it was a lot more super. I had, I came away with two things. It's like this wasn't that great of a movie. So to your point, right. your point is right. It, I was like, I don't see what all the how. But I felt the same way about. Um, oh, what's the blue alien movie? Um, um, what, Avatar? Avatar. I left that movie. So my brother said, Melissa. This movie sucks so bad. Oh,
2: God. And he hated I I, it. With I have like, my own avatar stories.
0: He hated it with such a white pot, it's a hot passion. I was like, it can't possibly be that bad. So I watched it at home, right? I didn't go to the theaters and watch it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. It was so predictable and terrible and horrible. I, I was like, how yeah. did this make that the money it made? So when I watched Barbie, I kind of was like, um, this isn't some grand storytelling thing. Right. And to boot, I don't think that the message you know, to the extent that there was one, was the one that anybody thought was the message.
1: Right. Anyway,
0: so that, I kind of came away with the same kind of uh, with, with Barbie as I came away from Avatar. And right. kind of the superficial um, flimsy social commentary that seems to be deeper than it really is and it's really not. And and this and the messages that are brought out of it are stupid. And so, like, I was just, like, irritated by, you know, it was okay. But, I mean, the music was fun. Uh, um, Ryan Gosling is a, a bit of a national treasure because he was so ridiculous in this and just hammed it up all the way through the movie and had a great, you know, great old time. Um, mm. And so that, you know, he was fun to watch just from... You know, um, because he's fun to watch, and he made Mm -hmm. the most of it. Mm -hmm. But I just didn't think it was what everybody thought it was. If you're gonna, um, and I felt the, and I felt the same way about Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer was all over the road, and I. Well, the, the
2: problem with Oppenheimer was that Nolan butchered, uh, the communist thing. Yeah, he just botched it.
1: Mm-hmm. Because
2: the fact of the matter is that Ahmet Oppenheimer had those leanings, and that it was prudent to extricate himself or extricate him from the nuclear program as soon as there were other people that could take over.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? Because it was no longer beating the Nazis on nukes, it was beating the Russians on nukes.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: he, I mean, he would have been rightly fired. As the guy in charge of the Manhattan Project, for the security lapses that allowed Stalin mm. to know everything that was going on
1: mm-hmm. in
2: uh, in Los Alamos, okay, right. that by itself was enough. You mm-hmm. don't have a real story here about poor Oppenheimer because he dropped the ball. Now, mm-hmm. did he drop the ball because he was one of them?
1: Mm-hmm. And the answer
2: is, yeah, maybe.
1: Mm-hmm. And that,
2: but the thing, like, and that's kind of where the story of Oppenheimer turns on. Mm-hmm. And at right. the end of the day, it's a distinction without a difference.
0: Right. doesn't matter. He's the fact that he did the help them.
2: Your football team that went one in 16 this year was trying to lose games. He right. went one in 16. Run his ass off. He's no good. Right. 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 Yeah. Okay. Oppenheimer built the bomb, but he built the bomb at the cost of the Russians having all the information that we had. So right. thank you for building the bomb. And here is your gold watch, and you're gone.
0: Well, I mean, it's like Bill, Bill Clinton giving all of our technology to China. Yeah, Ooh, exactly. Like, was it an? Yeah, was except
2: it? I don't know what Bill Clinton accomplished that would that would work on. I'm like, oh, Bill Clinton's even worse than Oppenheimer because we right. didn't have any payoff. Right. Exactly. Um But like, that was my problem with the movie Oppenheimer was that he was set up as this, you know, this selfless hero who was flawed. And the answer is, it's the opposite of it. He was a nefarious guy who accomplished something, right? right? And so, you know, Killian Murphy is like, oh, but he's just, you know, he's a great actor. And like, I do yeah, love I him. It.
0: I mean, no, I love Killian Murphy. I, I think he's terrific.
2: I mm-hmm. wouldn't have cast Killian Murphy as Oppenheimer.
0: Who I would, would have you have cast?
2: Some, well, I would have cast somebody who was much less leading man? I would have cast somebody who comes off as nefarious.
0: Mm. Well, um, that's, that's interesting because Killian Murphy never has been really in on the big screen. He's been on TV, a uh, leading man, but I think right. I think Nolan was trying to get that because he's never been the leading man.
2: Yeah, but that dude is way too freaking handsome. He is <laughs> to hot. Be a
0: nefarious
2: character, okay?
0: Like, well, you needed,
1: you needed I mean,
2: somebody who um, just, like, you, like, kind of viscerally don't like, you know, who's a really good actor and who's compelling in the role. And I can't think of anybody off right off the top mm. of my head. But you need, like, you need somebody who, you know, is is interesting but not not all that likable. Um, and the way Murphy plays that character is, is, no, 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 this is a great man. And the the fact of the matter is, is that Oppenheimer was not a great. uh, Oppenheimer was a sketchy guy.
1: He was a sketchy guy. He was
2: very good at what he did as a nuclear scientist. But this guy was the he was the the epitome of the, you know, lefty dickhead who makes all of these high sounding statements that cover the fact that Mm -hmm. the fundamentals aren't there. Right. Right.
0: Like they made but they made every situation make it look like you know he went into the communist meeting and they made it seem like he was uncomfortable and his girlfriend was the commie and
2: stopped going. I mean, like, you know, Ronald Reagan was in that was in all these actors groups or whatever. Right. And he's like, these guys are communists. So like Reagan, um, I can't remember what the name of the organization was, but he said, Hey, I make a motion that we do a resolution condemning Stalin and the Communist Party USA, mm-hmm. right? And when they wouldn't pass the resolution, he's like, bye, I'm out, mm-hmm. right? Oppenheimer could have done that, and he never yeah. did. That's like, to me, that is the, um, and Christopher Nolan's one of the good guys in Hollywood. There are not mm-hmm. that many of them. I no. wonder, you know, like, I wonder how many changes that script went through, right? Yeah. Like, hey, if you want this movie made, Oppenheimer can't be a sketchy guy. Like, I'm, I, I don't yeah, know. I don't but know. I don't that's know.
1: That's going with.
2: That, to me, was the fundamental problem with Oppenheimer. I'm watching this thing, and I'm like, no, the guy was scum. He was a freaking communist. You know, like, we well, used yeah. him. Like, he used us. And then we dumped him because we needed to dump him. You can't be in the middle of the Cold War, and it's a freaking, you know, a, a nuclear struggle. hmm and you you can't trust the uh, the the um, the loyalty of the guy who's in charge of it. No, of course you're going to dump this guy to the side. Right. And they, you know they made um um uh what's his name the the, the bad guy. They made this guy out of, oh he's this you know terrible individual. Like no, that guy's a patriot. The Robert Downey Jr.'s character. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr.'s character it was the guy was a patriot. Yeah, he said strategist. hey we got to get this freaking communist spy out of the nuclear program right yeah i agree that needed to happen and, you know,
0: so the, <laughs> well the, the thing is with both these movies i i left both of them going the see this is why i'm not watching movies and stuff because right. it's a waste of time and both of them had these really great reviews and both of them stunk in my opinion it certainly well, i thought was.
2: oppenheimer was very very well made it's just this was the fatal flaw of that movie, was that it came mm. at Oppenheimer from the wrong place. But the execution of the movie was fabulous. I, mean, I didn't it was like really the jumping wonderful.
0: back and forth through perspective yeah. and time. It, yeah, it but that's a Nolan me.
2: movie. I mean, if you've watched all his stuff, yeah, I know. Hey, believe me, if you think Oppenheimer was bad, go watch Tenet.
0: Oh, <laughs> no, I watched what Tenet. You've seen Tenet, the Oppenheimer, and Bobby. I saw Tenet in the theater, and the sound was so bad because, like, the sound production hadn't oh, yeah, gotten figured out. It was terrible, yeah. and yeah. I was just so annoyed. Like, I was like, "That!" This. Yeah. And I, it, I felt like, "Who's editing this stuff?" And and well, you know,
1: of course,
2: before Tenet you had Inception.
0: Well, I do like Inception, though.
2: Which no, Inception was brilliant, but it border on the edge of abusing the audience, like. <laughs>
1: right. Right. Okay,
2: how complex are you going to make this plot? Because I got to see this movie six times to get it. Well, Tenet Tenet is, did like, Don't it. even bother because it's right. like nothing, and none of this is going to make sense and it's over the top abuse of
1: the audience. Well, no, um, Tenet was abuse of the
0: audience. I was like, I'll tell you, my, this is my review. This I was like, somebody's masturbating to this because this is for auto pleasure because this is Look. not for anybody else's. And then to see yeah. people, like, it, on the list of, like, the best Nolan movies. I was like, says who? Like, yeah. I mean, you know, I've There's seen no one. One.
1: It's like Chris It's Nolan. like, okay, yeah.
0: I didn't come here
2: for advanced calculus. I'm here to freaking be entertained. This is not entertaining. This is confusing, okay? I don't want to work that hard. I have a job. I have to work hard at the job. When I sit down in the theater to watch your movie, it's all about me, baby. I'm trying to get entertained. Right. Right? This is not about how clever you can make yourself look. Right. Forget it, right? And and that is sort of the problem with Nolan. Um, but oh, then you'll like, well, do something like, for example, uh, I thought Dunkirk was, oh, it
0: was masterful. Magnific- it was magnificent.
2: Love that movie. Yeah, yes. It was mm-hmm. so well done. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, yeah, if that was beautiful. Okay. So let's make a prediction about Hollywood in 2024. Are um, we still on the woke train? Does Disney continue barreling towards oblivion? Disney does. Disney
2: Disney does.
0: continues. Yeah. My,
2: my prediction, and maybe I'm over the top on this one, but my prediction is, is that by the end of 2024, Disney will be under a hostile takeover.
0: Oh, man, I hope that, that sure. stock is
2: gonna drop and somebody's gonna go make a bid for Disney. Um, and you know, they're gonna, uh, what's the guy, the Marvel guy, uh, Perlmutter, uh, mm-hmm. who was like the master of, you know, making a movie to create merchandising opportunities, and then he ended up, you know, selling out to Disney and then get bounced.
1: Mm-hmm. He's
2: in the mix um what's his name that's already on the board that they hate over there who's you know got all the money I can't remember the guy's name I read an article about him four or five days ago like you have elements in place of people mm-hmm. who are involved in Disney and who are on the opposite side of Iger stock keeps dropping movies keep failing give it eleven, ten, eleven 10 11 months i think Disney's going to be in real trouble and mm-hmm. i think that you're gonna you're gonna see a move made um to you know depose that board and take that company over and drag it in a totally different way cuz what they're doing is not sustainable and the current leadership is incapable of changing course i think some of the other hollywood corporations mm-hmm. are gonna get it
1: mm-hmm.
2: and are gonna are gonna um like start making different things cuz they the losses are such that they really can't keep going like this and and you know we talked about before and this is with respect to like black athletes or whatever you're going to see some black entertainers come out as conservative you're going to see some white entertainers come out as conservative because at the end of the day they're destroying that industry you've had the, the actors strike the writers strike neither one of them really settled in Mm -hmm. any way that anybody was satisfied with. So there's an enormous amount of turmoil in that industry. And the thing about turmoil and chaos is people kind of do what they want to do. And so you may very well see some well-known Hollywood actors line up with Trump, and you may start to see sort of this counterculture throw into full bloom this year. It's going to happen eventually. It may happen this year. If it doesn't, it'll happen next year or the year after. But eventually... It's Look, it's like everything the left touches, okay? Everything will turns to shit, like Trump said. And, you know, once it's turned to shit, once the city is is ungovernable, right? Once they've trashed the institution, all right? At that point, you get dissent and people have to speak their mind. And I think that's gonna, it's, it's already happening to Hollywood. It's a matter of time before, you know, that edifice starts to fall. And when it does, you're gonna find out like everybody who works in Hollywood will tell you on the slide, a third of the people in Hollywood are actually concerned. They just yeah. can't say it.
1: Okay. Well,
2: you know, maybe, maybe what's stopping them from say it, uh, saying it will will fall away this year.
0: Okay, Epstein's list. Are we ever gonna see it?
2: Supposed to see it this week.
0: Yeah. Okay. At least
2: 150 of those names we're gonna see. So
0: who week. do you think's gonna be on the list?
2: We know Bill Clinton's on the list. Well, yeah. We know that. Um, I don't know who else. All
0: right, let's do over under. How many times do you think he went to Epstein Island? I I I put the number at thirty nine.
2: Okay, I mean I you know yeah I mean I'm saying twelve to be conservative.
0: Okay, I think every time
2: there was a flight, Bill Clinton. My
0: goodness, that guy.
2: Oh, who you got now? Right, I mean I Mm -hmm. like I think Bill Clinton's you know this is right up his alley.
0: Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Um. You know, I think that uh, you will see. I mean, this is the thing though. They're going to have, like, these names are going to come out and it'll immediately be oh, these are just people that were named in the lawsuit. They don't necessarily have to be on the Epstein flight list. They may have, you know, been invited and that was why they were on the manifest. And you can't prove they went there and you certainly Mm -hmm. can't prove they did anything wrong. Yada, 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 yada. You're going to, like, you're going to see all of the exonerations that you can see Mm -hmm. of anybody who has enough money or power that the mainstream media doesn't want them destroyed. Right. Right. Um, And so you're going to get that and it'll be, you know, this will be one of those things where Facebook tries to cancel you when you call out so-and-so who's on the Epstein list as a pederast or something. Right. Right. And they'll be like, "Oh no, you can't say that." It'll fact check your post on Facebook and say that's not been proven. He was just named in the list, and so you're going to get a bunch of that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but I don't think it'll make a difference. Anybody whose name is on that list is they're they're done. Their 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 life is over,
0: and probably well, right Tom, now. Tom Hanks is going to be on it.
2: I would. It's it seems so.
0: So Tom Hanks, I, Oh, shit, Tom. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people who people perceive, Oprah, who people perceive as good or whatever.
2: Right. Well, yeah. you know, and the thing of it is, uh, it's long past time that anybody cared what an Oprah thought about anything.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Oprah
2: has not been a positive influence on America at all. She's been an intensely negative influence on this country and so if she turns up on the Epstein list and it's proven then I think destroying Oprah will be a very good project to engage in. Oh,
0: I mean destroying her she's a billionaire and has, owns half
2: now, of Maui. Destroying her reputation and influence like yeah. she can still have her billion dollars
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, but you know in terms of Oprah does something on television or anybody cares to watch it I think it'd be a really good thing if that's all. Yeah. Um,
0: Any other predictions? Let's uh, see.
2: What do we got? Um, so we did the national. Does China political... attack?
0: Okay. Does China attack Taiwan? Yes or no? Don't what explain. Do what do you think? Not this year. No.
2: Really? Um, uh, I'm going to say yes. You're going
0: to say yes. Okay. I'm going to say yes. Depending on statement.
2: circumstances, I'm going to say yes. Okay. But I think what the Chinese would like to do more than anything else is they would like to take Taiwan without firing Mm -hmm. a shot. So I think what you may say, I think I want to say the Taiwanese have elections Mm -hmm. coming up in the spring. Mm -hmm. Look for massive election meddling by China in the Taiwanese elections. Um, Because if they get the right people, then they go cut a deal with the Taiwanese like they did with Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. And for 20, 25 years or something, Taiwan has independence that's Mm -hmm. just gradually whittled away, and what happens is the Taiwanese all get on a boat and come here.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Or they go to the Philippines, or they go to Australia, or they go somewhere, but they're they're just going to gradually stream out of Taiwan, and then that's going to be it. Um,
0: Hmm. Okay, so (laughs) that's interesting. I did not expect that. Um, Do you think that the uh, kind of uh, populist wave that has happened like in Argentina is in Hungary, in Poland, well, polands you know, mm-hmm. everybody's at each other's throats. And do you think that Europe shakes out more one way or the other? Either they go uh, completely anti-Israel, um, one world government type of, you know, anti-colonial and insane, or did, you know, the various countries take back their culture and and fight back. Uh, I think happens? I
2: think, uh, think Geert Wilders in uh, the Netherlands is sort of the um, the next wave. Mm.
0: Um, That's so interesting yeah. to me. I mean, those of us on the right have known Geert Wilders for a long time, but you know, for right. people who haven't paid paid attention, for him to come into the mainstream is pretty. Amazing, actually.
2: I mean, and the thing about the guy is, is, you know, I mean, he's got some weird stuff with him, but, like, most of what he says is eminently reasonable. Right. And they made this guy into, oh, he's so horrible. Which, of course, they've done to Trump.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: um, and, and a lot of others. But, like, I think that there's going to be this sort of wave of politicians in Europe um, that are intensely anti-globalist, mm-hmm. intensely anti-EU, Um, I think the model is sort of Orban. Um, You know, they're going to get eviscerated by the media. Um, But, you know, the stuff they're going to say is going to resonate with most of the folks. I don't think, you know, like the the left has taken over Europe largely on the basis of economics, Mm -hmm. which is that they have fairly sclerotic economies because they have very sclerotic birth rates. Mm-hmm. And their their countries are not expanding, so their markets are not expanding. right. And so they're really just you're not gonna like if your population is stable, you can grow your economy some, but not really that much, right? because there's there are there's not a, no, a larger number of consumers out there for you to sell your products to. And right. so they've been sort of in a almost a zero sum economic game, and that favors the left. The problem is, that the culture in all of these places is disintegrating, and what's replacing it is worse. Mm-hmm. Right? You see that here. You really see it in Europe, mm-hmm. and you know that's the, the that's the pain point that your average European voter doesn't really turn on. You know, socialism versus capitalism. They know they're going to be in some sort of a mixed economy no matter what. Right. But it's do I want to preserve my culture? And the right in Europe is, you know, has that high ground. And I think that's why you're going to see the Garrett Wilders and the, and the Victor Orbans really start to cover the board in a lot of these places. Because the alternative is Klaus, Klaus Schwab, right? Right. And everybody hates Klaus Schwab. Who is like a cartoon
0: villain. Like, I mean, the thing is, is I, I still can't believe this guy is an, a real person. Right. You know, there, I saw this interesting interview about Epstein too. And I feel this way about Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab seems like a made up thing, like a, not a real person. Like, like he's like- Yeah, he's the
2: front for somebody else.
0: Yes. And I feel the same way about Jeffrey Epstein. I saw this interview with this guy and he said that he met Jeffrey Epstein. He's like, what was Epstein really? I mean, he was like a math teacher and then an investment guy, but you never knew what he was investing in. It was like, he was this made up thing that was a vehicle for something else. That's why I think he was just like a Mossad agent with a made-up story to to blackmail all the world elite. Because he just he does he didn't seem real, and he doesn't seem real. Well, and, and look,
2: there, I mean, it's, there's enough evidence out there that between the Mossad and the CIA, this guy was definitely trading um information for his own benefit but like the big thing with epstein was the guy he he was a really good kind man he knew his marks he wanted rich perverts and he went out and he recruited you know teenage girls as hookers and he would offer these girls to these perverts and then he would film them and then he would say okay i got a deal for you i'm going to be your investment advisor and i'm going to put your stuff in spiders right? Like you're going to, when the Dow does well, you're going to do well. I'm not doing anything special. Okay. You're not going to make a bad invest or bad uh, return. You're not going to make a particularly good return, but I want a bunch of your money to put into my deal. Um, and that's, you know, door number one. And what comes with door number one is you can keep on screwing the 15 year old girls that I've got down in at, uh, at my Island and in my ranch in New Mexico, which is the only state in the country where they don't have a sex offender registry. And Bill Richardson was the governor at the time, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And you think, like, you know, we're going to do these parties, and you're welcome. And Bill and and
0: Hillary went there all the time. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: So, like, you know, like, here's all the benefits behind door number one. Door number Mm -hmm. two is, I have film of And these guys are all like, well, door number one is easy, because I can't afford door number two. And I like everything about door number one. Mm-hmm. Right. I've got enough money that if I get an eight percent return every year, eh, it's mm-hmm. fine. And you know what? I'm happy to pay that difference in return. I could get with a real financial guy for what I get on that plane and where it goes like I'm all in. And so mm-hmm. this was a really cozy, uh, great arrangement that this guy had. And he found that there were a whole bunch of morally bankrupt richies that he could get his hands on. Whether they were Wall Street, uh, they were entertainment, they were politics, you know, whatever. You had plenty, plenty, plenty morally corrupt individuals that were tailor-made for Epstein, and they would bring their friends to him, mm-hmm. right? You know, people who came and voluntarily were were uh, blackmailed because they wanted in the club, mm-hmm. and then this thing just took off. The only problem was he didn't take care of those girls, and some of the girls got pissed off and they wanted, and he didn't, he didn't, you know, immediately recognize the threat and say, okay, you got me. How much do you want? He tried to stiff them and, uh, or, or tell them no, And that's when they started complaining. And that's when his legal problems, but that to me, that's the story of Epstein. And of course, when he's running a scam like that, the CIA and, and Mossad and whoever else
1: mm-hmm. uh, is Hey,
2: you've got all the information on this guy. Hook us up, right? And of course, he'd do that for a price.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll find. Uh, you know, maybe we'll find out. Who knows? I mean, uh, th- as corrupt as we think the world leaders are, I don't think that we, you know, have even the bead on it. Okay. Well, so listen, this
2: is going to be a limited modified hang, and it always was going to be a limited. Modified hangout. We're going to find. You're going to find out. Uh, which people who are have now fallen from favor or mm-hmm. on the Epstein list, mm-hmm. and the people who have not fallen from favor will be you know um, redacted from the list
0: oh you think so
2: yes hmm. we're never going to get the full we're never going to get the full it's just it's not it's not too many people have too much to lose to get the full thing but we will the people who've screwed up and are on the outs. Those guys are Mm -hmm. they're in deep trouble because they're gonna be they're gonna be out, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: you know. Um, And then maybe you know some of them who are like Oprah, they're not gonna take her billion dollars away, and she's like old and basically finished anyway. So yeah, okay, we're gonna put Oprah's name on list. Tom Hanks is very long in the tooth and looks it. So if he's on the list, it's no, you know, he's gonna live in the rest of his life in private anyway. Mm-hmm. So who cares, right? Yeah. Um, but like some of the people who are still influential and still are shot call- callers, no.
0: Okay, one yeah. last thing: economy in twenty twenty four, good or bad? Really? Yeah. Don't you? I mean, they're trying to juice it with the interest rates and stuff, dropping those. It's not going mean, to matter.
2: I, I don't think I, because. You can't keep running a $1.7 trillion deficit. You just well, can't. I
0: mean, you can. We, we're we doing it.
2: I know. But the point you run into is that if you try to drop interest rates, inflation goes right, right back.
0: But inflation back. was already up and they dropped the interest rates.
2: Yeah, I get it. But like the whole point is, is the only way to fix this thing is mm-hmm. to stop running the deficit and stop printing all the money. Right. And they won't do that. Like the only way to fix this is it's fiscal. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, look, I, I love Mike Johnson and I got a lot of faith in him, but that aircraft carrier does not get turned around in any significant way this year. It's just mm-hmm. not possible with a four vote majority in the House and mm-hmm. and no majority at all in the Senate. It's not possible to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're going to keep running that deficit and there's just no way to fix it. And the economy has it's kind of like a dead cat bounce that's going on right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but you and I have talked about this. I mean, the fundamentals are still awful, right? And you know, you've got this massive problem, people can't pay their car note. And so those cars are gonna start getting repoed,
1: mm-hmm. And you
2: know, and houses are gonna start getting repoed, And now you've got credit card debt that's gonna become a problem. Like everybody's gonna hit the wall soon. And when that happens, you know, like I, I think it's gonna be a bad. Bad crash at at some point this year. Mm. Um,
0: that would be a strange thing to happen in an election year, but okay.
2: They're going to do everything everything they can to foreclose it and forestall it. Yeah. Um. But I, you know, at some point you have to pay the piper. Yeah. And and I think we're there. All right. Well,
0: So okay. So on that happy note. I think we've made. He lots- asked
2: the question. It's not my. fault.
0: It's not my, your fault. You take accept no responsibility. Um, no. Okay. okay. Wait. Last one. Does All Trump? Right. Does Trump win? Yes or no? First off, is Trump? In, does Trump spend a day in jail anywhere? No. Okay. No, I don't this, think so. Certainly either. not this year. I mean, oh. they would be making a martyr of him. So, like, I would say no. Okay, so do, however, does in the election, does he win or do they rig it again so he loses?
2: I'm less concerned about whether they rig it because I think like when the machine falls apart, the machine falls apart. I'm less concerned about whether they rig it. I'm actually concerned for his life. That's what scares me.
0: And so do you think that he lives through the election?
2: yes. But I would not better Because I'm that I'm that concerned.
0: I think that he's that concerned too. I mean, when I saw yeah, when, I, when I saw his security up close and personal, um, I was astonished. Yeah. And he wasn't trusting the Secret Service. It was his private security that were doing was doing the majority of the job. And yeah. so, like, I don't know who's vetting who and who he's got surrounding him, but I just hope that they're good. That's all I hope. Um,
2: yeah. I mean, I, like I, what I can say, the vetting is, um, it's it's real. Um, and I, I, I don't want to say it in advance of it, we can talk about it next week or the week after. Um, no, we can talk about it next week. Um, but I've got an event coming up at which he's going to be
1: Mm-hmm. And the
2: vetting is already like full background check
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, just to get, just to get it in the building. Mm. So, um, you know, like, yeah, yeah. it's, it's real
1: mm-hmm. and
2: uh, they're taking it very seriously and they absolutely should because, you know, the, the, the threat is probably more so than at any point since like
1: 1968. Yeah. And I maybe agree. more than that. Yeah, I agree. Um, so well, that, that's my thing, big yeah.
2: concern. I mean, like, I don't like. I'm I, I sweat the actual election less because you have to get to the point where it's close. And mm-hmm. right now, with what they have,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I don't think. I, like, if it's Biden, if they can't replace Biden, Biden's only going to get worse from here. And I, I think, like, I think the whole thing falls apart if they try to do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so you know. My concern is that they would try to take him out. That's my concern, and I hate to say that about mm-hmm. Americans,
1: but I no. Really I mean, have... I
0: think that's a I think that's a valid thing to say, um, and I think it is. I, I think it oh, that's what explains the, the Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis sticking around. Probably, I so. mean, I, I mean that's the only explanation because. Yeah. Don't tell me about the indictments and stuff. Trump spends one day in jail, or he gets convicted. I don't believe it. I think that everybody. I think it'll make people matter. At this point, absolutely. I, I think that, the, the, that the, all that
2: legal stuff that's that is completely backfired on them already.
0: I think um, it's baked into the cake. Like I think people yeah. have made that choice, and and I can you know people say, well, the polling changes if he gets convicted. I don't, but I don't believe it. So you know, the only there's a trial
2: before he gets convicted, and that trial does not go well for the prosecution from the in the from the in the public eye. Right. Because people are going to hear those arguments and they're going to go, this is what this is about. Um yeah.
0: I mean, I, if I were interviewing Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis, which is why I won't get the opportunity to interview them. My only question would be like, is the reason that you're staying in the um in the Republican primary that you're hoping that Donald Trump gets assassinated. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that no, would be. No, no, not at all. Not right? at all. I mean, because the thing is, is like, you do realize that the fact that he is, um, you know, he's got an eye on the martyr status as it is based just on the, on the, all the flimsy pr- prosecutions. So right. like it, it's, it's the republican side that i find repugnant it's that 10 20% who just um, will not accept reality because they just yeah. don't want to and they want to haul the gop back to uh, like the day after 9-11. is the world that they think still exists right and well, yeah. i'll make
2: you this i'll make you this prediction um, i think after uh, iowa if he doesn't make a real run at Trump, I think DeSantis drops out. All
0: right, we'll see. Yeah,
2: I, th- I think that because if he if he doesn't make a massive dent in in Trump and perform way better
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: than expectations in Iowa, then th- there really is no path,
1: mm-hmm. and it
2: can't be denied that there's no path.
1: Yeah,
2: and I think he gets out of that mm-hmm. um, because it's just you know you're gonna run out of money and it's just. You know, like he he can reset for 2028 in a way that I don't think Nikki Haley can. Because I think by 2028, the Republican Party is so far away from who she is that, you know, she's like she's out of it. She's done. Um, But that that may not necessarily be true of DeSantis. And so get out, stop getting attacked, stop getting on you and, you know, move on to the next thing. You still can run Florida for the next two years very successfully and whatever damage has been done to this day gets washed away with two more years of really doing well in Florida. Um, I think he gets out. I think, I think that, I think Nikki Haley sticks to the last minute because she's the dying gasp of the Bush Republicans and they can't. Well, she's John
0: Kasich in a skirt.
2: Yes, that's exactly right.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So, um, we are now on the record. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah.
2: You can beat us up the rest of the year.
0: The rest of the year, based on these predictions. We'll see. We'll we'll see if we're right. Uh everybody, if you haven't already, go out and buy the book. Yes. Do you, do you have them? Where is it? No, I gave away the last copy oh, I you had gave the away the last copy of mm, uh, racism, racism revenge, revenge and and ruin. Ruin. It's all Obama.
2: Check it out on Amazon.
0: Check it out on Amazon. Scott McKay, the the best selling author, and um, yeah, and of course go over to the American Spectator. We have um, if you have given to us, we have had a giving campaign at the end of the year. I want to thank you for all of your support. We're still um, we're still going and. We have another young writer that we want to hire. So please, please, please continue to give and subscribe to us. It makes a difference. You know, people talk about why isn't conservative media bigger? Well, that it has to be supported by individuals. That's how how it happens. And um, and you know, why is the American spectator? I wanted to take just a minute to talk about this on every list of like the 10 to 15 worst disseminators of disinformation. Well, one thing that you need to know is that some of our competitors, who I shall not mention, um, accept money from various big tech companies, accept money from various big um, uh, pharmaceutical companies, have board members that are um, big tech company uh, members. That uh, makes a difference on what you can and cannot say. And so because we are funded by individuals and not corporations. And because we don't accept that kind of uh, money at the American Spectator, we say we don't filter our writers. The writers write what they believe to be is the truth. And so we're critical of various tech companies and we're critical of various, um, you know, we don't go with the party line. We ask questions where other people won't. And that puts us at the top of the disinformation heap, which actually means it's true information and asking the questions that anybody in the corporate media, left or right, won't ask because they've been bought off. And so because of that, you know, the NPR says like it's, you know, subscribers like you make the difference. Well, in the American Spectator's case, we don't get any government money. We don't get any corporate money. We get help and support from you. And, um, and this is something else that has happened that you should know about as just a, a reader or listener or whatever. Um, we are being harassed by the big um, advertising platforms. They are asking us to remove content. This has happened multiple times in the last couple weeks alone. Going back, so you have to keep in mind, the American Spectator has over 50 years worth of archives. They're sending either actual people or crawlers going over our site, looking for certain keywords. And if it exists any time in our history, they want us to remove these posts. Well, you can imagine what they want us to remove. The more truthful it is, the more they want us to remove it. And why would that be the case? Well, Google Advertising is the number one advertiser out there, our advertising platform. Okay, It's why we have trouble with YouTube. It's why we're on Rumble. It's why we're on uh, X. Why we, That's where we put our, the, the whole of our products out there because we can't be truthful on YouTube because it's owned by Google. Well, the biggest advertising platform is also owned by Google well they're dictating to content providers what they can and cannot say or else they will remove the advertising platform that every other advertising platform uses their data and so once you're removed you're screwed from making advertising money from anyone so they're asking you to us to remove content that is truthful so that And my guess is so that it isn't part of the collective unconscious, her conscious, which is what the internet is, Jungian, it's like a literal thing now, this whole collective information, because AI is based on all of this. AI pulls from all the information online. Well, if you can get to the root data that would be pulled from and eliminate true history, and we have historians going back 50 years, writing things that actually first person accounts, people in the Nixon White House who wrote about what actually happened when they were there. If you can remove the truth, then you can put, to, put forth your version of the truth through artific- artificial intelligence, which isn't really a thing. All it is is an algorithm picking through um, knowledge that exists. Okay, so then the self-learning programs, the, the large language models are pulling from wrong raw data because it's all skewed. So then no one ever really knows the truth. Well, and you wonder, well, how come there isn't more independent journalism? Well, because it costs money, because we are we are sacrificing money all over the place in order to say and speak the truth. And so you need to just understand that that's the way this world is. It's not some conspiracy theory. I'm the person, by the way, as the publisher, dealing with this stuff day in and day out. I deal with the fact that we get deplatformed. I deal with the fact that we, we are on blacklists. I deal with the fact that I'm having to um, make these decisions about whether or not to participate in Google's ad platform, AdSense. You know, so
2: like- that's Just to add something? Yeah. a Hayride had its AdSense account from Google pulled in 2011.
0: Yeah, that happened to me.
2: We were in business two years and they freaking yanked us. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And we were
2: mostly talking about Louisiana politics. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So you'll, I mean, like, so you get a good idea of how bad this problem is and has been for a long time. Right. That's it. Yep.
0: And so, you know, for conservatives, Uh, and for true journalism to even exist um, requires the commitment of individuals of putting their money where their mouth is, basically. And so we're at your mercy to even exist. So, um, and what I'm just telling you right here is scratching the surface. There isn't one technological platform that isn't trying to filter uh, conservative right of center, what used to be considered liberal, just the average, you know, look at what they're doing to the Kennedy guy. You know, he, his politics are leftist and they're trying to get rid of him. So like this has been going on for a long time. With technology, it's gotten easier, not more difficult to filter out based on, and and then you have lots of people on the right you know, and the left and the center, who uh, willingly self-censor, uh, censor because if, to not do so means their livelihood, and very few people are willing to put their livelihoods on the line for the truth, and that's just the and and that's just the facts of the matter. So, your support actually makes a huge difference. So we thank you for, and um, and then. And then also consider the young writers that we have, who just by writing for us, editing for us, are basically marking themselves for the rest of their careers. Um, These are recent college grads and they're making the decision to write the truth, to speak the truth, despite the fact that a whole world of opportunities will be closed to them because of, unless they completely deny what their belief system is. And so we have a brave group of young people working at the American Spectator and we're bringing them along and they deserve to be supported. So anyway, so thank you for your support and I hope you continue doing it. We'll put a link in here. So like, if you do want to give that you can And, um, and thank you all for listening and watching and we'll see you next week. And we'll see how right we are, Scott.
2: Not next week,
0: but in this year this year okay yeah
2: all right who knows it may
0: all happen by next week (laughs) yeah
2: could happen i hope not not after (laughs) the stuff i've said this show